tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. Keep working. Keep going. And keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. You're listening to Rabot Co. here on ESPN 680 and 1057. Now, here's Louis Rabot. All right, let's get at 11 o'clock hour here on a Wednesday. Louis Rabot hanging out with you, Rabot and Co. here, ESPN 681057 with Zach Cantrell. Got you till noon. Bobby V after us, roundtable 3 o'clock. Go local 7 to 6 every weekday here on ESPN 681057. We thank you for making us part of your Wednesday. Uh, but uh, without further ado, uh, play the sounder there, Zach. It's time for a, for a segment. Oh, no intro? We cut an intro and everything. Why don't we have an intro? Where's the intro? Where's the intro? Blow <laughs> to your Slavia. Let's get I it. Th- oh, I, I found it. Here we go. Here we go. Here we go. We got you, mustard right. kids. It's time for bologna or salami. How about that? Get out the there mustard. There it is. There you go. All right. Let's get the mustard, get the cold cuts, <laughs> get it all ready to all go. All right, let's do this. So, bologna or salami. We talked about both these transfer quarterbacks, Tyler okay. Shook and Brock Vandergriff. Bologna sure. or salami, Tyler Shook will have a better season than Brock Vandergriff. Okay, that's baloney. Um, I'm I'm really high on the Vandergriff move to Kentucky. Um, I, I don't know why. I think, um, boy, better season, and I know you're intentionally leaving that very generic, and I appreciate that. That's right. Um, I, I think Vandergriff reeks of, of having a good run at Kentucky. Now, their schedule, man, and John Hill alluded to it, and when you say out loud, fancy to not be used, you know, used to just going to bowl games. That might have been the the hitter of, of that interview. By the way, go back to the podcast center, ESPNLouisville.com, if you're interested in that. I, I but I do like Brock Vandegrift more than I like uh, Shook at this point. So I'll go Baloney. Uh, would I be surprised if Shook has a good season because of Jeff Brown's coaching? The answer is no. Uh, I don't think they're at all done in the in the transfer portal. And I think it's more likely, by the way, that Shook isn't even the starter for U of L than um, than him having a good to great season. So I'll go Bologna. Yeah, I'm with you. I think Brock Vandergriff will be the definitive starting He's quarterback for Kentucky right. yep. next year. I think Tyler Shook will start the season, but of course we know his injury history. I don't know if he's going to finish the season. And I think Brock Vandergriff has, you know, he's got Chip him to help him out. Of course, we all know about the transfer portal class up at Louisville, but there's just a lot of uncertainty there. And I don't think Louisville re- repeats what they did this year, even with 
Tyler Shook, who I probably would take over Jack Plummer. I don't know if they repeat that this year, so I both, would probably lean Both locals Brock are going to have considerably harder schedules next season. Yes. It's not even a question. Um, it's going to be how they navigate those things that matters. And, and in my mind, uh, give me Vandegrift. Just uh, sometimes the unknown to me is worth more yeah. uh, than the known. I think he's going to be more Levis than Leary. Uh, all right, so let's just go ahead and get it out of the way. Bologna or Salami? Kenny Payne's going to finish the season. Baloney, but he's going to last a lot longer than I, I would personally have him last. Um, I could see it being like last five, eight games. They, they kind of pull the plug then. Um, it just gets so bad that that happens. I just, we just have no indication that there's any kind of move that's imminent. Yeah. Um, the only thing we've ever had, and, and I don't, I haven't talked to him about it, so I don't want to read into it. Nobody but, has. But Eric, no, but Eric Crawford oh, yeah. tweets out, this is a really important half for Kentucky, or for Louisville basketball Excuse me, against Bellarmine. Do we really think something was going to happen then? I, I just, mm. it, it, I mean, is, is losing to DePaul any better than beating Bellarmine by, you know, a possession? No. Uh, not in my mind. Um, so I'll go baloney, but I think it's a lot longer into the season than I, I would accept. I'm actually going to go with Salami because okay. I just don't think that they're going to pull the plug. I think there's just too much bad publicity from you know the KP Mafia. I think they're going to go after him if they try and get rid of him before the season. I would have gotten rid of him yesterday or you know after last season, yeah. but I just... I think Josh Hurd's going to try and say, you know what, I'm doing everything I possibly can. I set him up yep. to succeed, and yep. it just didn't happen. I, I don't think Josh Hurd wants to admit the mistake right away. I think he's going to wait and see how the season plays out. Personally, I don't agree with it, but I think that's what they're going to do. I think he is going to finish the season. Once in a while, I'll watch a sporting event trying to imagine what the headlines are going to be the next day. Yeah, same. And in this case, I'm imagining the opening lines of a press conference where he says, you know, we gave Kenny two full seasons. Yeah. So you might be right. I think we're going to do that. It, it should be, you know, I asked him what the worst case was. Well, we passed worst case. <laughs> oh, yeah. Hold, uh, hold my beer on that one. Yeah. So we talked about Draymond Green earlier. This is the third time he's been ejected this year. He was suspended five games uh, last time after his last ejection. Uh, last night he slaps Yusuf Nurkic. Uh, if if I mispronounce his name, apologies, but... Bologna or Salami? So we know about John Morant got suspended 25 games. Bologna or Salami? Jo, uh, Dr- Dr- Draymond Green, if I could talk. Draymond Green will be suspended 15 games. For this incident? For repeated bad behavior. Got it. Um, I think he'll get uh, Bologna, number one. Sorry. Uh, I'll play the game. I'm sorry. Uh, get out my mustard. Put it on a Bologna okay. sandwich for this one. Uh, I think he gets three games here. He got five for the last one. He also choked a man and dragged him across the court. That's also true. Um, I think in this case, it's more flailing arms and, and that kind of stuff. Uh, and, and Dan, on this show, when he was on it, it, used to say Adam Silver has no backbone and the players are in the league. Uh, so I think Draymond will get three games here and they'll move on. I um, I don't think he gets 15, but I think it, if he gets 10, I wouldn't be surprised. 10? Wow, that's a lot of I games, really wouldn't man. be. Cause okay, go ahead. It's a, re- it's a pattern of repeated behavior. You know, it's not just separated by one incident. John Morant, yeah, it was a pattern of repeated behavior. That's why it got 25 games for, you know, doing what he did. I, right. Draymond, it's not to that level, but I think they're going to consider his past. He's been doing this for a decade now, and he hasn't changed. And it's just, well, how do you get through to him? Draymond's transgressions are talked about on first take. John Morant's are talked about on the Today Show. That's true. That's the difference. That's why I think he'll get less time. That's true. That is very true. So, your beloved Detroit Lions haven't won a playoff game since 1991, but they're on pace to win the NFC North, even though they got two games against the Vikings coming up. So, bologna or salami, the Lions will end that playoff drought. Uh, Bologna. Um, They they don't do that. 
They have one playoff win in my life. I have four kids. Um, it's just not a... <laughs> People accomplish things and organizations accomplish things. Um, if, if, if this were Europe, the Lions would have gotten relegated in the 50s and we never would have heard from them again. Yeah. I mean, let's be honest about what they are. They haven't been relevant since my dad's childhood. And, and not his childhood, his infant years. Yeah. My dad is retired. <laughs> so, no, I'll go baloney. I don't think the Lions win a playoff game um, with this core group at all. Um, I, I think they are um, they're front runners. If they get an early lead in a football game, they can run away. If they don't, they lose. And they're going to play considerably better teams in the playoffs. So, no, I'll go, I'll go baloney on that one. Interesting, because I look at it not necessarily I believe so much in Detroit. It's more of do I look at the other teams – in contention, like, could they win a playoff game against the Vikings? Could they win a playoff game against the Packers or against the Rams, the Seahawks, one of these kind of teams? So I'm actually going to say they do. I think they're going to win the division. I think at home, they're going to get a playoff game. It just feels like time for them to break through. Dan Campbell's done a heck of a coaching job up there. Jared Goff's a very good quarterback. And these Lions, they've won some games that Lions teams in past years would not have won. The shootout against the Chargers, coming back against the Bears, beating the Chiefs on Thursday night to start the season. I, I'm not bullish on the Lions as far as doing anything more than that, but can they beat a 6-7 and seven wild card team in the first round? I think they can. All right, there you go. Look at me having more belief in your team than you do. Everybody does. Yeah, that that's also fair. Like I, Lions I mean, fans. I mean, to be fair, dude, if I was like, hey, uh, Bowling Green basketball is playing a game. Oh, gosh. You wouldn't be like, you know what? You bastards don't understand Falcon basketball. Like you wouldn't be doing that. Do you know the last time Bowling Green basketball <laughs> made the NCAA tournament? By the way, nineteen ninety four. Oh no, 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 nineteen sixty eight. The year Martin Luther King got shot. Yeah. That was the last time the NCAA tournament was where Bowling Green ended the season. We had a guy named Nate Thurman, you know, old school legend on that team. It is a no, it is a that's a good that's a good poll. I like. Yeah. That. All right, there you go. Oh yeah, I looked up at the banners. When you go to the basketball arena and you see the banners, there's not a lot of them for banners. the men's team. Yeah, there's not many. Plural. <laughs> there's like five banners. Oh man. We got some hockey, one some women's basketball. Yeah. Uh, so last one here, bologna or salami. So Bill Belichick reportedly is going to be parting ways with the Patriots at the end of this season. Bologna or salami. Bill Belichick will be coaching a new team next year. Oh. Ho, 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 ho. Oh, I did not know where that question was going. Does Belichick take another job next year? Do you, do you happen to know how old he is? Not that that matters at all. Uh, let's be really Belichick clear. 1952. So he 71. is exactly 71 That's years younger old. than I would have guessed, by the way. I would have thought 75, 76. So he's 71. He's been with the Pats since 2000. Yeah. He was a Jets assistant in the late 90s. Boy, oh boy. The head coach of the Jets yeah. for a day. Yeah, and then the the Browns before that, of course, the early nineties. Yes, I. Oh man, what a great question. Um, so the question for Bologna or Salami purposes is he will be coaching. Somewhere he will else. be coaching somewhere else. I'll go Bologna. Um, I do think eventually you just stop, and, and I think he's even at some of the press conferences this year he just looks tired. Yeah, and and I think it's starting to wear on him. Now. <laughs> You throw him like the Lions or something next year, right? I mean, is that it? Are those scenarios out there for him where I'm, there's a team that's like right there? The Chargers, the Bears, maybe. I don't know. Like you know, like where like he could make Justin Fields worth a damn. I don't know. Like I, I just, I'll go baloney. But man, I've been surprised. Way less. 
I've been surprised by weight less than this. I'm going salami. Belichick's a coaching lifer. He, if he quit coaching, you know, there's some people that when they retire, he's Strom Thurmond. He retires from the Senate. He's dead. Yes, right, exactly. Yes, like right. Bear Bryant did <laughs> Bear that Bryant, back yeah, in '82. Yeah. Like Belichick, that could be him. He's just a okay. football lifer. He okay. loves everything about it. And the, look, the Chargers, I think, is the job that's going to come open because Brandon Staley's getting fired. You've got a ready-made franchise quarterback in Justin Herbert. You've got one of the most talented teams in the league, and all they need is really a good coach to kind of get over the hump in a winnable division outside of Kansas City. You know, Washington's going to come open. There's going to be a couple other surprise jobs that come open that we don't anticipate right now because that's how it always works in the NFL. Belichick is going to look at a situation that this team is ready to knock on the door or break the door down, and I think he kind of wants to win outside of New England the way that Tom Brady wanted to win outside of New England. I think he wants to show Robert Kraft he can still do it, and he doesn't want his legacy in some ways to be, well, Tom went to Tampa and won a Super Bowl, so Tom Brady was the reason for the dynasty, not Bill Belichick. I think Bill wants to match Tom's seven Super Bowls as far as a head coach. He's won a couple as a Giants defensive coordinator back in the 80s. I don't think Belichick's done. Is uh, is Robert Kraft still dating uh, Ricky Lander? He married some girl a couple years ago. Okay. Yeah. Because if he's in San Diego, that girl might actually end up with Bill Belichick. Right. Robert, yeah. Rob, as, far as, I'm, as far as I know, Robert did get his happy ending. Atta boy. Why not? All right. Well, there you go. A little blow on your salami on a Wednesday. How about that? Thank you, Zach. Appreciate it very much. Second hour of our show, by the way, presented by our friends at Delta Dental of Kentucky, DeltaDentalKY.com. Uh, All right. So the Draymond thing, I'm, I'm actually interested because I, I think you're right about the approach, which is it's not what happened last night. It's, oh, that's awesome. Nikola Jokic. What a great, what a great headline. Nikola Jokic ejected on Serbian Heritage Night in Chicago. Yes. Oh, they booed. <laughs> they booed when they ejected and they were so mad. You should have heard Jokic after the game. He said, if this were in Serbia, this would have been handled a lot differently. <laughs> what a great headline. It's almost as good as can uh, Louisville basketball get back to 500. Oh. <laughs> he checked out Serbian Heritage Night in Chicago. <laughs> what a great headline. Hey, Tommy DeVito wins on Italian Heritage oh. Night on Monday night. If Draymond Green was Cade Cunningham and he slaps somebody like that, Zach, he probably gets a game or two, right? And it, But it's the Draymond like adding up, adding up, adding up thing. That, that, seems to be, that seems to be his issue for sure. God, that's funny. Man, oh man. Okay. Uh, you know what? If he's on the line, let's take a break. We will get to Steve Bender next uh, to talk uh, sports wagering. Uh, he, he tracks all of the things uh, that are not the fun side of gambling. He tracks all the taxation and those kinds of things. Uh, who's got all the licenses and all those sorts of things in different states. Uh, interested to talk to Steve because, obviously, uh, I work uh, in, in horse racing and on the, on the wagering side of those things as well. Second hour of our show presented by Delta Dental of Kentucky. Delta Dental KY.com. Plans for you, your family, your employees, a nationwide network of dentists. Check them out. DeltaDentalKY.com. On the other end, I will talk to Steve. We'll do it next here at ESPN 680, 105.7. Looking for a rewarding career? One that empowers you to serve your community, change lives, and reach your fullest potential? Become a correctional officer for the Kentucky Department of Corrections and earn up to $28.30 an hour with great benefits. Help create a better, safer Kentucky. Apply today for a correctional officer position in your community at careers.ky.gov. That's careers.ky.gov. 
When it's time to replace your heating and air system, we know people want options. That's why you'll always get a free second opinion with BJ Heating and Cooling. Plus, for a limited time, get 0% financing for 60 months on a new Bryant system. Call the experts you can trust at BJ Heating and Cooling. Looking for extra cash this holiday season? You can make competitive pay as a day shift warehouse worker at UPS Worldport right here in Louisville. Learn more and apply today at upsjobsky.com. That's upsjobsky.com. You are listening to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. All right, welcome back in. That is Zach Cantrell on the ones and twos here. <laughs> Rabo and Co. are hanging out with you. We got you till noon, Bobby V. After us, of course, uh, roundtable, 3 o'clock uh, local till 6 p.m. today here on ESPN 680-1057. Reminder, some programming around here. We will have that doubleheader for you. Cross the hall on 93.9 on the basketball side. Women's team at 4. Uh, the men's team at 8. Pre- pregame starts at 3.30 and 6.30 for those two. Uh, across the hall, 93.9. Uh, the Ville, of course. And, uh, and we will have that postgame show for you, the Coors Light postgame show, around, uh, oh man, that'll be later on in the evening, what, like 10, 10, 30, something like that. Uh, and I think it's Taylor Lynch got you today, which means he'll sing. It is Taylor. He'll be right. shirtless. There'll be all kinds of really fantastic things going on. A uh, man who, I, I don't know, he might be shirtless. His name is Steve Bittenbender, uh, joins us here on uh, Reboa Co. ESPN 680-1057. I met, I met Steve on a deck. I, I, there, not many people in my life, Steve, that I've met on a deck. How about that? How are you this morning? Uh, same here. Um, you know, it, it was a uh, rare encounter, and um, I'm doing well, Louie. How about yourself? I'm doing okay. Thanks for joining us. You can find Steve on Twitter, by the way, at bit, B-I-T-T-G-D-C-G. Uh, Steve Bittenbender on Twitter. Uh, he's one of those verified guys uh, over there at the Gambling Group. I wanted to have you on because uh, I was uh, one of those guys that, you know, obviously for what we do here at ESPN Louisville, having sports wagering in Kentucky is, it's not just, you know, something to talk about. I mean, this is an infusion of advertising money and, and you know, the, the promotional things that mm-hmm. we can do uh, around that. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I mean, I, I gave out the, the number to call the, uh, the the state legislature on the, on the last day of the session, these kinds of things. Uh, what What about how Kentucky set up sports wagering is similar and different than other states around the country? Well, you know, the, the similarity is, like a lot of states, Kentucky went with a format that allowed both uh, in-person sports betting, you know, um, sp- you know, the traditional Las Vegas-style sports book, and online. And while, you know, Kentucky does not have casinos per se, you know, we have racetracks. We have historical horse racing gaming halls. So those were the uh, the natural uh, places for retail sports books to go, and then because of the uh, the, the prevalence and, and and the dominance really of, of horse racing here in the state, it made sense um, from a from an administrative standpoint to use the Kentucky Horse Racing Commission, which is you know it's it's an it's an agency that has been in place for years. It you know it, it's Part of the you know, it's a gaming regulatory body, you know, it, it made sense to use that commission to oversee and regulate sports betting. If you know, if you tried to do a separate gaming commission like like some people had suggested, 
you know, we wouldn't have been able to uh, get sports betting ready um, and, and lost as quickly as it did here. So, you know, they got it. You know, you know, we passed the bill in uh, March. The General Assembly passed the bill in March. They had uh, rules and regulations uh, finalized by late July. Licenses were approved a month later, and by September 7th, you know, the start of the NFL regular season, we were able to uh, bet at tracks. Three weeks later, uh, online betting started, and it's really, you know, you know, gone downhill for you know, downhill in a good way, momentum-wise, uh, from there. So, you know, it's been as popular as you know many people thought it would be, and it's already starting to show that it'll probably generate more revenue for the state than initially expected to. Uh, Steve Bittenbender with us. Uh, look, how much revenue are we talking about? Is this millions a month? Is this hundreds of, uh, hundreds of thousands of dollars a month? What are we talking about as far as you know taxation revenue uh, for the state of Kentucky as part of this? Sure. Like, uh, like every other state except for Tennessee, Kentucky taxes uh, sports books on the revenue they generate. So if a sports book has a good month, the state's going to have a good month. And that was definitely the case in, uh, in October. You know, earlier this week, the uh, Kentucky Horse Racing Commission released its uh, first monthly report. They went ahead and combined September and October in there uh, just because, you know, they only had like three days of online sports betting in October. Through October, um, Kentuckians bet, you know, almost $341 million. 95% of that was bet online. Uh, it's about $323.6 million. Operators uh, won $56.4 million. So it was a 17.2% hold. Or it's a, sorry, it was a 18% hold for, uh, for Sportsbooks that month. It was a, a very good month for them. That meant that for the first two months of sports betting, the state generated about $7.9 million in taxes. So if you... If you extend that, you know, through the end of, of the fiscal year, it, it looks like we're going to easily exceed the, the $22-23 million that was projected for the state to raise in, in this fiscal year. And that fiscal year ends in July. So, you know, it's a very strong start, very good start. I will, you know, temper that, though, by saying, again, it, 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 it depends, you know, the state taxes depend on how well the operators do. October was a very good month for operators. November, not so much. You know, we're seeing some initial reports already. Um, Indiana Sportsbooks in November, they released their numbers yesterday. Indiana Sportsbooks had a 6% hold or 6% win rate. And Iowa had a 4.9% win rate. So, if that if that trend continues here in Kentucky, which I, I don't see why it wouldn't, you know, you had some pretty big weeks um, of NFL action where you had a lot of favorites winning. Uh, I think there was one week where I think 11 out of the mm. 14 games featured uh, favorites winning. Mm. You know, that uh, that meant that sportsbooks really kind of took it on the chin that week. So. I would suspect that November tax revenue will be somewhat lower, but you know it, it's something that will 
you know, ebb and flow some, and it's still going to be in the millions of dollars for revenue. I would, I would suspect maybe you know two, three million, um, but it's still going to generate millions for the state each month, and it's going to help you know pay down the uh, public pension uh, funds, uh, the shortfalls that we have there, as well as provide funding for the first problem gambling education and promotion fund that the state has. Steve Benbender with us uh, from. Oh, from lots of different spots. Uh, Steve, all right, so <laughs> I, I, two things I really do have a question uh, about, and Steve, by the way, is from the Gambling Group, at Gambling Underscore Group as well. We heard two things for sure, and one of them I think was was objectively true, was that people were going to Indiana to bet. Have we seen a decline in Indiana sports numbers, sports wagering numbers, because of the legalization in Kentucky? In, it, it was interesting. I was thinking that we would see a decline in Indiana, and you know we we saw that we saw Indiana take a little bit of a decline once Ohio started in in January. Okay. And probably like yourself, I would go to Indiana. Uh, you know, I hit either the first exit in New Albany or or exit zero there for uh, for Jeff <laughs> oh, yeah. um, a few times a month and and, and make my wagers there. Um, you know, so. That you know, there were thousands of us doing that. So you know, I, I would I would have assumed that there would have been a little bit of a downtick. Retail wise, there was. You know, you look at the the winter circle there, the uh, the yep. off track betting facility there in Clarksville. Yep. They saw a significant decrease in handle in uh, in October. So did Caesar Southern Indiana. You know, these were these were sports books that were doing previously. Two three million dollars a month in handle, uh, which is you know the the total amount bet for a month. You know those numbers went down sharply. You know down like to less than a less than a million dollars in, in October. So there was some downturn there, but there really wasn't the the downturn in mobile betting. In fact, Indiana in November just reported our record handle. It's the second time ever that they exceeded five hundred million dollars for a single month. So you know, you know, online still continues to boom. There's more people that are getting engaged in the activity, and you know, it, it, it's it's not really hurting Indiana that much. Um, but you know, I don't, I don't think that's going to you know mean you know anything bad for Kentucky. I still think you know. You know, we're looking already, you know, Governor Bashir mentioned last week that the uh, cumulative handle uh, from September through the first weekend of this month was over $650 million. So that would, you know, indicate that, you know, nearly $300 million or so was probably wagered in, uh, in November, which would be, you know, another strong month for the state. And, you know, it's just going to, it's going to continue to increase, you know, college basketball's now, uh, ramped up, uh, Louisville fans may not be as, uh, excited to, <laughs> to bet on college basketball this year, uh, as a Kentucky fans or, 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 or other teams. But, you know, there's still a lot of interest in college basketball here. You know, that's going to, you know, help keep things going, you know, through the winter months and up through March Madness. So you know, this is a this is a state that's that's going to have a I think a, a very robust and a, a very healthy sports book, a sports betting market, you know, for, for years to come. Steve Ben Bender with us. Uh, 
What else do I want to ask Steve about? Does it does it help in a state like Kentucky that Louisville had a good football season, for example? Are people more likely to wager on a team if they're doing well? I mean, you mentioned you know having to watch the basketball mm-hmm. team across the street. I mean, I, in my head, why not just bet against them? <laughs> you know what I mean? And so uh, well, does, does it help to have a successful team? Does that play into the actual overall numbers? I, I think I think to some extent it does. Um, you know, I mentioned Indiana a few minutes ago. The previous record they had was um, in January of, of 2022, which coincided with the Cincinnati Bengals' run to the Super Bowl. So there was, you know, so there was a, a lot of interest there. A lot of people coming across the uh, across the state line from the Cincinnati area to bet on to bet on the Bengals. So I, I think that certainly does help. Uh, I think there was definitely a lot of interest in uh, in, in Louisville football betting uh, this year, and you know you had a couple of big games in October. Obviously, the Notre Dame game was huge. The Duke game later that month was was big as well. And I think that jet, uh, that you know that did help. I believe you know increase interest and uh, increase activity. Steve, been better with us. Uh, Steve, we'll uh, we'll get you out of here on this. Um, you, you had tweeted a fair amount about California, and, and Ray Pollock puts out the article: mm-hmm. Can Can Kentucky share its purse money with California? And blah blah blah. It reminded me. I grew up in Michigan, Steve. It reminded me of. Uh, the old conversations: Can we divert water from the Great Lakes to the to the West? <laughs> just, just the disgust that people had. Uh, I saw the disgust amongst horse racing people as well. Uh, do you think anything gets done in California? It's amazing to me how much uh, the Native American tribes in California have a stranglehold on gambling out there. Um, do you think anything gets done mm-hmm. out there? And, and what's the movement for them? You think next? Well, California last year had a very bitter fight. Uh, about sports betting. Uh, initially, the uh, tribal casinos and the tracks had partnered together on a uh, on an initiative that would have legalized retail sports books at the tracks and tribal casinos. Shortly after that, the online operators came out with their own proposal that would have legalized online gaming everywhere. And the tribes opposed it. And the reason why they opposed it was... You know, if you have online sports betting and you have tribal and you have retail sports betting, people are just going to stick, stick to their phones. Yep. So, you know, here in Kentucky, the, the split is 95% online, 5% retail. Yep. So it was going to be something similar to that probably if, if online sports betting happened in, in, in California. So the tribe spent about $250 million to oppose online sports betting and by doing so, they essentially sunk their own proposal as well. Neither one of them got, you know, more than like a, a 30% support, uh, from voters last year. So there's really not a whole lot of appetite right now for gaming expansion in California. There's, there's some people trying to propose more sports betting initiatives and so forth. I don't see that getting off the ground. I had a chance to talk earlier this year with the uh, executive director of the California Horse Racing Board. He saw this time. He, you know, he, he said, you know, that the the state um, horse racing industry, you know, it was not sustainable for them to have the purses and not have the secondary source of revenue like Kentucky has with HHR, like many other states have with Racinos. 
know, so there is a need for a, an additional revenue stream in California. I know there's some interest in possibly diverting some of Kentucky's funds, and I get the argument for that, especially, you know, you have a, have a lot of rich people in California. You have a lot of people who buy horses that are, you know, based in California. But I, I can't see, you know, the appetite for Kentucky lawmakers to allow Kentucky funds, funds, you know, generated by Kentuckians betting, to go to a state, especially a state, you know, that's 10 times the size of Kentucky, like a state like California. Yep. You know, I think there will be some more discussions about uh, expanded gaming in California. I wouldn't be surprised to see a push for either historical horse racing in California or maybe some type of agreement between the tribes and the tracks mm. to, you know, help each other, maybe have, let the states and let the tracks have slots or HHR and bring in the uh, tribes to help operate it or manage it. Hmm. I could see something like that. Hmm. I could see something like sports betting happening maybe in, by 2026. The question is whether that's going to be too little too late, you know, to say, you know, Golden Gate's already gone um, by next year. But will it be, you know, too late to save, you know, a track like Losal? Uh, or, heaven forbid, Santa Anita. Uh, that's going to be the question here. That's going to be a, a, a big uh, discussion uh, moving forward, especially into next year. Ten times as many people, and Turfway has bigger purses than Santa Anita. It's a hell of a time to be alive. <laughs> uh, Steve Bittenbender, yeah. uh, Freelance Hack on Twitter. You can also find him, of course, uh, with the gambling group, at gambling underscore group uh, as well. Tons of good stuff uh, on Twitter. Steve's a, a prolific uh, Twitter person, if you will. So there you go. Uh, Steve, appreciate it. Let's not make this the last time. No, no problem. And uh, you can uh, catch my stuff uh, online also at betkentucky.com. That's where we have the uh, latest uh, news and uh, up-to-date information on Kentucky sports betting every day. There you go. Betkentucky.com. Uh, Steve, appreciate it, man. We'll talk uh, We'll talk soon. Sounds good, Louis. Thanks for your time. All right. There you go. Steve Bittenbender. There you go. There was one of those, Zach, so a uh, so friend of the show, uh, Jenny Reese, uh, pinged me and said, hey, uh, we're doing this Kentucky Downs preview day. I have good news. It's not at Kentucky Downs. It's at Blind Squirrel about a mile and a half from your house. Awesome. I can do that. <laughs> they have nachos. And then uh, and then <laughs> Steve just walks up. We start chatting. I think we talked like 35 minutes because the, the, it's one thing to talk sports and, and, you know, talk sports, damn it, to talk sports and do what we do. It's another thing to covered the industry part of all of this right and so steve does that uh very very well uh knows my friend uh friend of our, our podcast uh matt rabletowski well uh sort of uh side-by-side colleagues there in that place <clears throat> we'll get to a break here second hour of our show presented by delta dental of kentucky delta dental ky.com uh if you are a dentist check out that dentist tools tab top of the home page uh expand your practice with our friends at delta dental of kentucky on the other end we'll wrap up the show uh zach's going to tell you how to build a football team we do it next Tired of jumping from job to job? How about a career in a recession-proof industry where you can make a difference and help create a healthier living and working environment? The pest management industry gives you the opportunity to work with more independence. OPC Pest Services will give you a chance to grow with advancement. Come be a part of our team at OPC Pest Services. Apply online at opcpest.com careers. That's opcpest.com careers. Keep playing. 
keep working, keep going, and keep moving with the exceptional orthopedic care at Baptist Health. With an experienced team and a full line of advanced services and procedures, it's no wonder most people choose Baptist to help them keep on keeping on. Visit baptisthealth.com ortho to find a Baptist Health provider. to Rabo and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Now, here's Louis Rabo. All right, final segment here on a Wednesday. Louis Rabo at Radio Louis on Twitter. You can find the station at ESPN 680 as well. We'll have you uh, we'll have you covered uh, heading into uh, into Bobby V, of course, at noon and then roundtable at 3 o'clock. Uh, look, uh, just local programming, just Turn it on, leave it on. Uh, that's us here at ESPN 680-1057. A reminder, some programming around here as well. Uh, the Ravens back on the road Sunday. They'll be taking on the Jaguars Sunday night football pregame 750 on 93.9. All that coverage presented by our friends at Liquor Barn, where Kentuckians go to celebrate life. Again, the uh, doubleheader today. Mark Ennis gets a day off. How about that? Uh, women's basketball pregame 330. Men's pregame 630. Tips at 4 and at 8 down there at the Yum Center. Rare chance to take in a basketball doubleheader. Uh, and Zach, that's where we are. We're using uh, this town is using the women's team to get people to go to the men's games, and that's uh, that is. hey Jeff Walls has built a hell of a program there. They deserve all no the props they can get. No one is arguing any of that that's at all. True. That's exactly right. So there you go. Uh, yeah, they'll take on uh, Moorhead, and then of course Arkansas <laughs> State coming in um, uh, up to play uh, Louisville, uh, the men's team. How about so, that? Uh, there you go. All right. So I've been I've been sitting on this one for a couple of days, and I think Zach and I need to dive head in. Uh, on the number one seed in, in, in college football together. Zach's favorite team, Ugh. the Ann Arbor Weasels, if you will. Did I do that right, Ann Arbor Weasels? Is that a good name for them? That's He's good not. enough. Okay, all right. That was a lie. <laughs> all right, so essentially, this, and this is on ESPN+, Plus, so this is you know on the paywall, so if you get – you know, if you're like me and you need to watch Louisville games, you have to get ESPN Plus. Um, that's where we're at. Uh, that's where we're at, people. Um, the story's in there, uh, in Insider, essentially. And um, so they go to the three areas of recruiting, transfer portal, and then just by the numbers in general. And Michigan is doing what I've talked about with Dan for, for months about the best way to build a college basketball team they're doing on the football side, which is top 10 in the top dozen or so teams on the recruiting side, mm-hmm. which obviously you have to do, right? If you're going to keep pace with other teams in your conference, number one, but on the national scale. That's bare minimum. Yes. That's bare minimum is top 10, 12, something yes. like that. They are the only team, by the way, out of uh, J.J. Um, oh, my gosh, help me out. I have J.J. Trainer's team. J.J. McCarthy? McCarthy, thank you. I just saw it. J.J. McCarthy's class that he's still at his original school. That's right. Okay. In your mind, Zach. Yeah. And obviously that is a symptom of the era, right? We're just seeing that is that is just normal transfer portal stuff. Does Michigan get credit though for him still being around? I think they do. Yeah. Yeah, J- they Because we credit. just talked to John sure. Hale, right, about Cutter Bowley, for example, right? So you bring in Vandegrift for two years, then you get the Bowley next step as a junior, right? Or whatever that looks like. If they're able to redshirt him, maybe he's a redshirt sophomore, something like that. Like uh like Drake May was this year. I 
I'm fascinated by this because essentially what they've done is they've done all of the personnel side of things correctly, Zach, in that the recruiting's there, top eight, top 10, top 12, et cetera. And then you go get guys in the portal that seem to fit very, very well. So Drake Nugent, for example, came in. He's the center for Michigan this year. Right. As good an offensive lineman as there is, not just in the Big Ten, but in the country. It comes out of Stanford, right? And so yesterday, you know, I was lamenting a bit of, oh, man, you went and got a tackle from a couple of tackles from the Ivy League, what have you. Man, Stanford ain't much above that, but it's pretty close. Yeah, it's about, especially lately. Yeah, especially lately. And so if you can go get those guys, especially the big uglies, and and pad your roster that way. So there's their starters this year. Drake Nugent at center, and then Ladarius Henderson, who's been playing a lot of guard, came out of Arizona State. Right. And then Ernest Hausman, who's a uh, a linebacker as well, um, was a transfer from uh, Nebraska. But that's really the only guys from the transfer portal that they've got amongst their 22. Yeah. They right? went out and addressed their needs via the portal, but they're yeah. not overly reliant on it. They're not overly reliant on it. And right. that is that, to me, is is the luxury side of being a Michigan as opposed to what we have here in Kentucky. Right. Right? I mean, Kentucky, Cutter Bowley's nice, but he's from Lexington, right? Mm-hmm. Like, that's how you get that kid, right? Uh, it, it, in the case of Louisville, they've got a Pierce Clarkson on the on the roster, and I'm really hopeful that he turns into the hype machine and, and the player that – or at least the player that the hype machine said he was. How about that? I'll Look, put it that way. Michigan can walk into just about any recruit's locker room and have credibility right away. Right away. They're in the mix. That's right. And is J.J. McCarthy a world beater? No, he's not. He's fine. He's fine. But he's good enough for what they do. Yes. For sure. And he knows what he's going to be doing, and he does it, right? I mean, he's, That's correct. Here's an eight-yard pass. Okay. Which, <laughs> it leads me to where I think Michigan's ceiling is as opposed yes. to where they are. Yes. I do not look at Michigan as Alabama, no. Georgia, this is it. Ohio this State. This is as good as they're going to get. Correct. This season is it. Yes. And that's great. Lots of places would kill for this to be their ceiling. Could they win it this year? Yeah. Absolutely possible. they can. But yes. that's because Georgia's not in it. That's because Alabama's not peak Alabama. That's because... Just got to say it. Ohio State's not peak Ohio State. Like Michigan is a very good program that in a somewhat down year could win the national title this year. Are you are you worried next two, three years that this trend continues? That Michigan continues to be as good as they are? Yes. No, because they're going to repl- they're going to lose a ton of guys and Michigan recruits well, but they don't recruit at the level that I immediately say, OK, next guy up. All right. So you Doesn't asked me, that- Bologna or Salami, about Bill Belichick being mm-hmm. with New England next year. Do you think Harbaugh then because this deal came up and then it didn't get signed? Right. And everyone told me, oh, they're going to they got a deal for him. And I went, OK, we'll see. And I was right, by the way, hasn't signed. I mean, maybe he will. I'll be, I'll be clear. Sure. I, I have no insights on. You know, I'm not. This isn't from a source or something. I'll just I'll believe that. Yeah, of all people, you're not I, having inside information to the Michigan athletic well, I, program. I do. I have a mole in on the basketball side. That's it. Um, friend from from the state where we grew up. We grew up together. He's 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 in their department. I was. It was my only breaking story of last spring. Zach was that I I do. Amani Bates didn't have a Michigan offer. Yeah, but that was. And anyways, um, it's the only. But on the football side, I do not. Mm-hmm. I I, the, and it's not a. It is not a um, it's not a criticism at all. It is Michigan's got to win it this year. Yep. I mean, th- if you're going to win a national title, and how hard that is to do when a huge majority of the players want to play a lot further south than where you are, mm-hmm. 
This is the year you got to do it. Why do you think they're pushing so heavily against the NCAA and they just want to delay No this? question that absolutely they, they showed their hand by pushing, pushing, pushing back. And then when they realized they couldn't do it, do it now. Get the suspension over with so that guy's back on the sideline for the playoffs. They never said they didn't do it. What they're doing is they're trying to make sure that this season happens, that they yes. didn't get the 2023 season jeopardized, because I think you're right. I don't believe Michigan is a long-term national title contender. I think they've run into, you know, they've had a couple of good assistant coach hires. They've had a couple of good quarterbacks. Blake Corm's not going to be back after this year. Michigan's had a great three-year run, but a great three-year run does not make a great program. So you think they're not a great program? They are, I, I only think there's about three or four, what I would call consistently great programs okay. right now. Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State. Clemson was, but they're not anymore. So probably just those three. Clemson's maybe trying State to do what there. Michigan's doing right now. Yeah. But Michigan has more resources but, and, and while. Well, Clemson won two national titles too. No, no, no. What I'm saying is that was before the transfer portal thing okay. exploded. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. And again. Let's be very, very clear about our verbiage here. That was when he did something that I uh, – it's stunning how good it was. It's stunning how good Clemson was. Absolutely. Quarterback play, defense, everything, right? I mean, they had dudes everywhere. Yep. NFL guys everywhere. And that's starting with the lines, moving out, everything. <clears throat> but Michigan's doing the thing that Dabo talks about. They're actually doing it. They're the number one seed, right? Mm-hmm. They're doing it. And so – fascinating next couple of years because I do not think Jim Harbaugh is the coach next year. I don't either. Okay. Whether it's because he gets an NFL job, whether it's because the NCAA doesn't allow him to coach, I don't think Harbaugh is coaching Michigan yeah, next I, year. I just think at some point that mess catches up and then I think at some point too, while I, I, I think he's he's smart enough to know this is his best team. Belichick, or not Belichick, Harbaugh's wanted to go to the NFL for the last two years. He's been a finalist yeah. for a couple of jobs yeah. and just didn't get him. He's going to get one. I think... Just he knows, too, he's not stupid. This is his best team. This Correct. is his best chance, at least. Yes. They're the most polished of the four teams in the playoff. Let's put. Let's be clear. There's no doubt about it. They're absolutely the most polished. Yeah. Now, do they win the title? That's a very different question, because it's a one-game sample size and then a one-game sample size. But, uh, you know, and I thought last year they were going to get out of that first game, and they didn't. So, I mean, it's, it is... Look, there no guarantees in the playoff, but at if, the same time, th- this is this is his best chance. If this makes sense, his career. Michigan has the highest floor of the four teams. Their no worst question. game yes, is no better than yes. the other three's worst game. I don't think Michigan's ceiling is as high as Alabama's ceiling or even Texas' ceiling. <sighs> so you're still picking Alabama right now? I think Alabama beats Michigan, yeah. Uh, Texter asking you, Zach, why does Ohio State get to be in the same conversation with teams that have won multiple national titles in the last decade? Because Ohio State won a national title in 14. They played the national title game in 2020. They've been in the playoff before this season, three of the past four years. They've been consistently great. There you go. It's hard to win titles. Alabama and Georgia are the only ones that have won multiple titles in the playoff era, other than uh, Clemson. Yeah, it is... um... It is interesting. I mean, I... I wouldn't put any of the Big Ten teams in that conversation right now. I just wouldn't if do it. If you don't want to put Ohio State in there, I could totally get that. And it's uh, so it's just the two right now. It's, yeah, just Georgia, frankly. <laughs> I mean, I, to me, Georgia, and then the next tier, and the, and the fact that they lost the game to Alabama. I mean, if you want to know how, I mean, because everyone's screaming about Florida State getting left out. Imagine being Georgia. Yeah, <laughs> you win twenty nine games in a row. You lose a game by three points on a neutral field yeah. to Nick Saban, and they're like, "Yeah, you're like, you're like, you're like the sixth seed." <laughs> yeah, you're not even close. 
Like the last couple of years, we've had at-large teams make it, like Cincinnati I mean, and Ohio State. Georgia would have easily made the playoff those years. Yeah, easily. Uh, yeah, um, I'm not an SEC homer coming down the text line, but Alabama's going to drag Michigan. Maybe, I, I, maybe I wouldn't be surprised by that outcome. I think the only surprising outcome to me, Zach, called you Mac the Jack. That's I know a we bad had a Jack. Job, I, mean. I know we yeah. had a Jack that worked here. Do we have a Mac that no, worked here? No. You thinking of Mac Jones? You could be Chris Mack and have millions there of dollars. There you go. Yeah. I'd like um, that. Yeah. <laughs> Gladly get his contract and then be fired. Right. The um The only outcome that would surprise me is Michigan by multiple touchdowns. Same. That's I the only outcome. I don't think Michigan me. can blow out Alabama. I, I think agree with Michigan that. wins. I don't think they blow out a... anyone in the playoff. No. That's just not how they play. I think if Michigan wins, it's like a field goal game. Touchdown, maybe at most. It's kind of it's a close game. I, I think could the, see the biggest dominant. margin would be like 10 on the Michigan side, like 27-17 kind yeah. of number. Could Alabama that, win most. by 21-plus? Yes, they could. I don't see it as very likely, but it's not impossible in my no, mind. Michigan winning by like, by like 17 is, is pretty impossible in my right. mind. So, yeah. yep. I, I'm, I am excited for the playoff, though, because I, I don't know how to analyze the Texas-LSU game. Or excuse me, the Texas-Washington game. I think in purple. Same. Um, and they're playing that game in New Orleans, which is what I was thinking of. There's going to apparently no Washington fans at that game. Have you seen those numbers? Oh, yeah. Whew. Yeah, imagine if the national title game, because the national title game's in Houston. Imagine if Texas makes that game. <laughs> I don't think that'll matter because the other side of that bracket, those teams are going to show up. That'll be 50-50. Right. I mean, Michigan fans are going to show up for that game. Alabama fans are obviously going to travel for that game. Sure. Um, but you're not wrong. I mean, everything around it is going to be very, very burnt orange for sure. So, uh, But no, I can't wait for that to get going. We do have the bowl game starting on Saturday. I have set up our um, our uh, Capital One Bowl Challenge, uh, uh, Capital One Bowl Mania. Rabot Co. ESPN Louisville is the name of the group if you wanted to jump in. Um, you can do one entry. Uh, I will uh, give you all of the giveaways tomorrow, but they are really good <laughs> so uh jump in rabo and co just to, uh get to espn.com search espn louisville uh you'll find our pick for this show uh on the college bowl side it is the i decided to do the the confidence so you have to rank one as one point and one is 32 points i think right. that's the way to go yep. uh the most difficult way uh to do these games so uh should be fun those games start on saturday so you got till about saturday at noon i think it's 11 o'clock the myrtle beach bowl starts I believe um, so. you'll have a at that time uh to get in um Texas, the only problem is Bama doesn't have the same level of O-line and run defense they normally do, which is the strength of Michigan. Oh, no, that's why Michigan can win the game. I mean, I, I don't right. think Zach's saying they can't win the game. No. Uh, it's just, you know, and if Blake Corum has a Blake Corum-type game, mm-hmm. uh, they can absolutely win that game, no question. And sure. that's the other part of that, of course, comes back with um, with um, with J.J. Uh, McCarthy that he, he knows his job, and he's not—he's just not a mistake maker. I just think this is ha- this has to be a game that JJ has to be great. I don't think JJ okay. can be eleven for fifteen, throw for one hundred thirty yards and a touchdown, and Michigan wins. Michigan's not going to beat Alabama by running the ball down their throat. Michigan's going to win this game because they have success running the ball. But JJ McCarthy's supposed to be that NFL quarterback that takes this team to the next level. I need to see him do it in this game. Well, there you go. That'll probably have to be uh, one of those keys. We'll definitely get into much, much more of that as we go. Um, we'll uh, welcome Ben Roberts to the show in the 10 o'clock hour tomorrow. And then, of course, Jay Davis. He's actually uh, starting a new segment with us tomorrow. He's going to hang out during the entirety uh, of the 11 o'clock hour as part of Rabot and Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. Thanks to Steve Bender in the uh, 11 o'clock hour. If you missed John Hale in the 10 o'clock, you can go back to our 
podcast center, ESPNLouisville.com, or on the ESPN Louisville app. Check out any of our shows uh, in those two spots. Absolutely free, uh, delivered to you in the very best sound that we possibly can. I'm Louis Rabot alongside Zach Cantrell. This is Rabo Co. here on ESPN 680-1057. You got Bobby V in a couple minutes, and then, of course, roundtable 3 o'clock. We'll get you through 6. Uh, nice and easy through your workday here on ESPN. We'll be back again again uh, tomorrow at 10 a.m. We hope you are, too. Have a great day, everybody.